0: Welcome to the City Reach Baptist podcast. If you would like more information about the life of our church, please go to our website at cityreach.com.au or like us on Facebook. We hope you enjoy this message. Let me say good morning, church. That was pretty good. I didn't give you a warning that time. So I'm very impressed. It's lovely, lovely to see you and uh, welcome. I'd like to add to Jeremy's welcome and especially those of you that are visiting with us for the first time. uh, Just to let you know that you are most welcome. We're so pleased that you are with us. Today we're in the book of Jonah, continuing the series, a little mini-series that Pastor Timon began with us last week. And we'd like to continue in chapter 3 today. Really exciting news for next week is... uh, Pastor Ollie will be concluding that series in chapter 4 and that, that will be a very special time. Really looking forward to that. Did you hear the story about this elderly gentleman who enjoyed fishing? He was out on his own one day in his little tenny just enjoying the beautiful, probably like this, a beautiful spring day, enjoying the quietness. He'd been retired for a long time and loved to put a line in the water and catch a few fish. And Sitting there in his boat and he heard a voice call out to him, Oi! you pick me up for a split second he thought I'm I'm having one of those senior moments as he looked around (laughs) and it's like there was nothing to be seen and uh, just as he was recovering this voice says again "Oi, you pick me up with that his eyes lowered and in the water near the boat was a frog floating feet out and as he locked his eyes on it, it cried out to him again, Oh, you, pick me up. And if you pick me up and you kiss me, I'll turn into the most gorgeous woman you've ever seen and I'll be faithful and loyal and loving to you for a lifetime. Well, he leant over the side of the boat and got the frog out of the water and started to put it in his top pocket when the frog said, Hey, I told you that if you kissed me, I'll turn into the most beautiful woman you would ever seen. And he said, Darling, at my age, I'm just happy with a talking frog. And we can oftentimes, when we open up a story, we can miss the point of the story and uh, miss the aim of it completely. And when we come to the book of Jonah, it's really easy for us to get sidetracked with all the things in the book of Jonah that really aren't the main point. It's easy for us to get sidetracked with a whale. It's easy for us to get sidetracked with a number of things. But we don't want to do that today. We want to get the main point. We want to see how magnificent our God is and how beautiful he is. We want to see the way that he redeems, the way that he gives a second chance, the way that he forgives, the way that he shows grace. So let me pray with you as we begin. Father, we thank you for your love to us and thank you for drawing all these beautiful people here today. Father, thank you for those folks who are regular attenders here and members and family and friends and Thank you that we're able to gather together so freely in this beautiful country. We thank you especially for those that are visiting us with us for the first time today, that you would please speak to them and reveal yourself to them afresh. Help them to see you and understand that you are a gracious and forgiving God and that with you we have a second chance. And today is an opportunity to humble ourselves before you and meet you face to face, to meet you and know you and be saved and we pray this in jesus name amen well this fishy story that we have in the book of jonah is a wonderful story we learn in this beautiful story about a great city chapter 1 and verse 2 jonah is told to go to this great city and preach the word of god to them we learn further on in jonah chapter 1 and verse 4 that jonah disobeyed god and so, God in verse 4 brought a, a great wind and uh, brought a tempest upon Jonah. And then we learn in verse 17 that God brought a, a great fish. This is a truly great story about a great and marvelous God. But let's be clear about this the ultimate story of Jonah is about a great God. The focus of this beautiful story is about a God who has a great love for us. The focus of the story is about a God who shows great mercy, not only to the people of Nineveh, but by implication, as we know, as we move into the New Testament, God is a God of mercy who wants to show great mercy to us today. What a remarkable day to come to church and to hear that our God is a God of great mercy and great love. And he wants to express that to you today. The story reveals that our God is a God of great forgiveness. He wants to show us mercy. He wants to show us grace. He wants to show us forgiveness. The story of going to Nineveh shows us that one man or one woman can change the course of an entire city. As you read this story and hear this story today, make no mistake. God has allowed you to be here for you to hear that one person who is willing to obey God and speak the word of God can, enchi- can change the entire destiny, the destiny of an entire city. Not just one person, your neighbor, not just your neighborhood, not just your suburb, but an entire city can be changed as the word of God is proclaimed. Jonah, as we come into God's word, was armed with, in the original language, five words in my uh, Bible, armed with eight words. And when he went obediently and spoke those words this city was changed the message today about the good news that Jesus Christ says and that God's word is powerful it means that God's word can change men and women God's word can change and has changed many of you here today, is that not true? God's word can change your neighbours, it can change your neighbourhood it can change our city this is the power of God's word Please don't miss that. As you think about the fish and the story of Jonah, God's word is able to save to the uttermost. God's word is powerful. So let's have a look at this beautiful story for a moment. And then I would like to make some applications and share a bit of it with you. But we begin in verse 1 of chapter 3. And then the word of the Lord came to Jonah. And what does it say? If you're following along in your Bibles, a second time. This story is a story of second chances. So I, I don't know about you, but I need a second chance in my life. And I need a, a third chance and a fourth chance. And the wonderful news is today that if you've come here and you think that you've run so far away from God that there's no chance for you to come back, if you think that you've committed the unforgivable sin, If you've done something that no one could be forgiven for, I want to tell you that God is a gracious, forgiving and merciful God, and there is a second chance, a third chance, a fourth chance for everybody. God's grace is for you today. Isn't that great news? This is the story that Jonah talked to Nineveh, saying arise and go to Nineveh, that great city. It really was a great city. The walls of Nineveh were 15 foot thick. That's the walls at my house are standard brick size, is 230 millimetres with roughly a 40 mm cavity and then a 90 mm piece of timber with a piece of plasterboard on the other side of that. So we're talking about that thick. When then we're talking about the walls of Nineveh being 15 feet thick. That's a seriously thick wall. The walls weren't only 15 uh, metres thick, they were 30 metres high. Now at a stab, the top of the ceiling here, correct me if I'm wrong is about seven meters. What do you reckon, Luke? Pretty close, yeah. So if you want to later on, grab your tape measure. We'll get a flimsy ladder for you and you can check it out, okay? This was one massive city. The city was of the population of a little over, we understand if we're correct, over a million people. So not dissimilar to Adelaide. The city was so big that the Bible will tell us in a moment that it would take three days to walk across the width of that city. An amazing city, amazing in its structure, amazing in its size, and amazing in its depravity, amazing in its wickedness. This was a city where they delighted in cutting people's heads off and hanging them on their walls as a trophy. And if that wasn't enough, they delighted in skinning people and hanging the skins of human beings on their walls. They delighted in that as a a sign of power and authority. They abused men, women, boys, and girls. They were a ruthless, unforgiving, merciless community. And their enemies feared them because they knew that when they came across them in battle, they would receive no mercy, no quarter, but would suffer their anger and their filthiness and their depravity and their hatred. It was a despicable, awful, depraved city hated by the nation of Israel, hated by every other nation that came up against them, and feared because of their great depravity. This is the city that God was sending this Jewish man into, Jonah. Terrifying prospect, I would have thought. Jonah traveled into the city, not across the city, but into the city one day. So he didn't even make the center of the city, he just traveled in one day. So Jonah arose and went to Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceedingly great city, three days journey in breadth. And Jonah began to go into the city going one day's journey. And he called out, yet 40 days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. And the people of Nineveh believed God. And they called for a fast and they put on sackcloth and humbled themselves before God. This wonderful message that Nineveh that Jonah brought to Nineveh that they would be overthrown is a powerful message yet in 40 days you shall be overthrown it's really this, um, this book is just full of poetry by the way just the way it's, it's framed so beautifully chapter 1 and chapter 2 parallel each other um, uh, chapter 3 I beg your pardon 1 and 3 and then 2 and 4 it's beautifully written and this word meaning overthrow has two different meanings you would think this message of judgment that Jonah was bringing means that you will be overthrown, they'll be destroyed, they'll suffer the judgment of God. The same word was used for Sodom and Gomorrah and that Sodom and Gomorrah was utterly wiped from the face of the map. But it has another meaning too, that they could be overthrown in the sense of everything gets turned upside down. And isn't that a beautiful picture that if they don't repent, they certainly will suffer the, the, the judgment that Sodom and Gomorrah had suffered. But if they do repent, they still will be turned, overthrown, in the sense that if they repent, then God will relent from judging them. Just, I love how God does that. I just, I love how he brings a message of judgment. But as he speaks judgment upon us, at the same time, it seems on the underneath of his tongue is a message of mercy for us at the same point. I love the fact that even though we can be so wicked and so depraved and so far away, and when God brings a word of judgment, he still leaves room for mercy and grace. 40 days of mercy and grace. And there's a story and an an implication there for us as well. Then in verse 6, we hear that this message that Jonah preached, this uh, brief message that Jonah preached, and we'll touch on that in a moment, The word of the Lord reached the king of Nineveh, and he arose from his throne and removed his robe, covered himself with sackcloth, and sat in ashes. This is a man who leads a nation of over a million people who are utterly ruthless, a hateful, angry, prideful people. And he is a king that is led with cruelty, shows no mercy expects everybody to bow down and worship him. And if he even gets a little, little feeling that they're being disrespectful, he adds their head to the one on the wall. And yet this message was so powerful and so overpowering and so convicting that this man actually rose up out of his throne. He would really never get out of his throne from anyone. And yet he gets out of his throne. He takes his robe of authority off puts on sackcloth, sits down in ashes. And then he issues a proclamation to all of Nineveh. Have a look at that. If you're following along, or let me read it to you. And he issued a proclamation and uh, published through Nineveh. By the decree of the kings and these nobles, let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, taste anything. Let them not feed or drink water. But let man and beast be covered with sackcloth and let them call out mightily to God. Let everyone turn from his evil way and turn from the violence that is in his hands. Who knows? God may turn and relent from his fierce anger. Who knows? Maybe God will repent. Maybe God will will stop doing this thing that he said he will do in 40 days' time. Do you notice here that they even put sackcloth... On the animals, this is not an opportunity for you to say, I believe that my dog is born again, according to Jonah, chapter 3. No, that's not what it means. It just means that he wanted to describe to us that there was none who were left out of this. There was none who came, who did not come under the sound of God's word. There was not one in that city that did not come under, I believe, the influence of the Holy Spirit to the point of repentance. This is a work of God. And God alone. And as we read on, as this nation repented from before the living God, as they turned away from all the evil that their hand was normally involved in, as they humbled themselves before the living God, what happened? God overturned Nineveh, just as he had promised. God relented from the judgment of destroying them like Sodom and Gomorrah. This should just Make your heart leap for joy. Because to hear today, if you come before the living God with humility, if you felt the judgment of God in your spirit, you can repent from your sin and know the peace of God. Isn't that great news? Wonderful news. Jonah goes in and preaches to Nineveh. And the parallel hill here is beautiful because this is exactly the picture that God has given us for our great city. I don't know about you, but I don't go around cutting people's heads off and hanging them on my wall. I haven't been to anybody's house where there is a human skin hanging on the wall, and they're incredibly incredibly proud that they've knocked their neighbor off. And so in comparison, we may not seem as wicked as the nation of Nineveh, but make no mistake, we live in a city that is utterly broken and has long walked away from the commands of obeying the living God. We do it with self-righteousness and we do it with our own sense of dignity. But make no mistake, we might fool one another with our self-righteousness. We do not fool the living God. Our city needs to hear that Jesus saves. Our city needs to repent from its sin. Our city needs to come under the conviction of the Holy Spirit. And God has given us the same message he gave to Jonah. Go, go and tell them the word that I've given to you. Go and tell them so that they might repent. Isn't that true? Have a look in your Bibles. It'll come up on the screen for you. Mark chapter 16 and verse, uh, Mark, uh, verse 15. He said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. God has commanded us to preach his word to our great city that they might repent from the judgment that is surely coming upon all of humanity. We've been given the same orders We've been given the same method. The method that we've been given is the same same as Jonah, and that is to preach the gospel. To preach the gospel. And I'll explain to you the power of preaching the gospel. And preaching the gospel comes in many and wonderful varied ways. But make no mistake, it comes through the power of God's word. We might work at a domestic violence unit so that the doors can open, so that we might be able to win people for Jesus Christ. But the way that they will be won is that when we have opened their hearts, they will allow us to share the powerful word of God that brings change to humanity. It's the word of God that brings change. Now, Jonah's testimony, Jonah's message was not a long message. was not incredibly committed to this project he hated the Assyrians he walks for a long period of time did you realize that when he got thrown up on the beach he was roughly 890 kilometers away from Nineveh so he walked for probably over around about two months he walked through what is effectively a desert so that he could preach the word of God as he'd been commanded and when he arrived at the city he went through the gate and he walked for a day into that city and he spoke five words, and such conviction by the power of God's word and the working of the Holy Spirit came upon that city that every man, woman, child and beast humbled themselves before the living God. Jonah didn't go in there and tell him about his own testimony about how God, good, good God was. He didn't go in there with his heart full of love for the Ninevites. He hated them. He didn't go in there all bleached and scare them half to death. That's just a nonsense. They were not overcome by his appearance. They were not overcome by his testimony. They were not overcome by his zeal. They were overcome by the effective working of the word of God. That's awesome news because that's the same word that we have today. That's the same opportunity we have today. God's word is powerful and quick. Have a look in Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12. Let me read that to you. For the word of God is living and what? Active. Sharper than any two-edged. Come on, folks. Come with me. Piercing the divisions of the spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the God works powerfully through his word. Yes, we take opportunity and we do different ways to share God's word, but let's not deceive ourselves into thinking that we are the one that brings change in a human heart. It is the effective working of God's word through his spirit, which is just awesome. Because now we can be praying and asking God, well, why not us? God, use us to win this great city for you. God, use us as we share your word to turn the hearts of all these people in Adelaide. That's exactly what we've been trying to do, isn't it? Isn't that why we planted a church at West? We didn't plant a church at West so that we had the adornment of, an, of another church. We didn't plant a church down south because we just thought that would be a, a cracking idea and we could brag about who we are. We did these things because we wanted to see the gospel proclaimed within our city because as the word of God goes out, the powerful word of God, lives are changed. Men are changed. Women are changed. Children are changed. Families are changed. Marriages are healed. Hopeless people find hope because of the powerful, working gospel, the word of God. And you know this. You know this message. Like, you don't have to be a Jonah. You don't have to walk 890 kilometers in hot weather. You don't have to be spewed out of a whale's mouth you don't have to be tall or short or wide or skinny or smart or dumb you just have to be obedient why not us god why could you not use us to proclaim your powerful word and god's word is powerful have a look on the screen with i want to take you through a few verses in the time that we have what does romans 3 23 tell us for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of god don't you know that have you forgotten that? That your neighbors, that we once were in that place, that we can, none of us can measure up to the standard of God. And therefore, because we cannot measure up to the standard of God, God is and has to judge us. We've all fallen short. There is none who is right before God. And Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is, is death. But the gift of God is... Amen. And how do people hear about the gift of God? Through the preaching of the word. Through you telling them. Powerful working. But God demonstrates his own love toward us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Romans chapter 5 and verse 8. Praise God that while we were totally ignorant of God as we all have been, while we were utterly going our own way. The picture here is a man just going about his own sinful life with no regard for God and yet God, while he was... Ignorant of him, God was working on his behalf to save him because our God is a merciful, loving God who pursues us and rescues us. Hallelujah. That's just awesome. This is the word of God. This is powerful and quick. If you're here today, I want you to know that God loves you and that he through his son has paid a price so that you can be forgiven. He's demonstrated his love to you in giving his son on your behalf. And he is the answer to everything in your life, and he's the answer to eternal life. Romans 10 verses 9 and 10 said, If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be, you will be, amen. Amen. Why? Because I've got a great testimony. Why? Because I got bleached by a whale. Why? Because I walked 890 kilometers. No, because God's word is powerful and quick and sharper than any two-edged sword. And when the Holy Spirit takes the word of God and places it on a human heart, that life is utterly transformed. Isn't that awesome? This is the answer to our broken community. This is the answer to broken homes. This is the answer for broken relationships. This is the answer. The only answer. Romans chapter 10 and verse 31 13. I beg your pardon says, For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Let's hear it again. You ready? I'll do the first part, you do the second part. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord, hallelujah! <laughs> This is the powerful working of God's word. And this is what Jonah demonstrates to us when he goes into the city of Nineveh, most likely fearing his life, these cruel, mercil- merciless people. And he simply, with, it seems as though without a great deal of effort, five words, fair dinkum, he could have like stretched to six or seven maybe. But he just gives them the bare minimum. I'm not going to work too hard at this because I know you're merciful, God, and you're probably going to save them. So he just gives them the basics, and then the Holy Spirit's at work, and that whole city repents before the living God. Why not us? Why not us? We ought to be praying, God, give me an opportunity. Our neighbor, I, I'm incredibly clever. I don't know if you realize this, but I left the, one of my doors ajar on my car out the front of the house and so our interior light was on now my neighbor just thought he was helping but I actually had set a trap and uh, he came over (laughs) to tell me that my light was on and he met my beautiful wife and she invited him in and they chatted and uh, she had an opportunity just to share the grace of God with him our house is a little house so I was upstairs on the couch like a fat slug half asleep I heard the whole conversation I was so committed to seeing him one for the Lord, I couldn't even get myself off the couch and down the stairs. Didn't have to go 890 kilometers. I felt like I'd been thrown out of a whale, but I hadn't been. You see, it's just our excuses are pathetic. And we need to repent of them. And we need to shake ourselves up and we need to remind ourselves that God's word is powerful. God's not asking me to do rocket science here. God's asking me to share his word. And it's easy because the Holy Spirit enables me to do it. I've just got to get off the couch and get on it. Praise God for Carol answering the door. You know, we're a little bit like posties, we are. I've often thought about being a postie. would be nice just to be out there on a bike on a day like this, away from all the pressure. You know, like when Timon comes back from holidays and he's all got fired up and he's been taken, I don't know what he's been taken, but he's like fired up. He's read another five books, and he's got another 20 ideas, and I'm thinking, oh, and we're all thinking, let's be honest with the staff, we're all thinking, man, this is a great day to be a postie. Just give him a couple of days to settle down, and we can come back again. But as posties, what posties do is they don't make the news, they deliver the news. They just give it out. They deliver the letters. Those guys that uh, throw newspapers, they don't make the news, they just deliver the news, And that's what we're meant to do. We don't make the news up. We don't have to be trying to come up with something clever. We just take what God's given to us and we trust the Holy Spirit to work powerfully. And I'm telling you that it will turn our city upside down. Turn our precious city upside down. God has placed us here in this city. God has placed you where he has placed you so that you might be obedient and go and take his word to those people who need to hear it we've got a second chance we've got a second chance and we don't have to say no we don't have to be like Jonah anymore when God said to Jonah go and Jonah said no when God says to us go we can say yes and we can take his precious word to this community our God as we close is a gracious compassionate God I know this because his word says it Psalm 86 and verse five says, "For you, O Lord, are good and what?" And that he he has given us His word, so we can share with the community His word. Our God is a forgiving God, abounding in steadfast love for all who will. Amen. Amen. Let's call upon the Lord because He's merciful. Psalm 86 verse fifteen goes on to say, "But you, O Lord, are." A God merciful, uh, sorry, uh, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. Our God is a relentless rescuing God. Our God will have mercy on us. So I call you to repent today. I call you to humble yourself before the living God and call upon him and he will forgive you. For those of you that are visiting with us for the first time and you've never known the Lord and yet today you felt something happening in your heart, I ask you to humble yourself before the living God and I'm going to lead you in prayer. And for those of us in this community that are involved in what God has laid upon our heart as a church family, let us never forget the power of God's word. We are not taking our word, we're taking God's word, the powerful word of God. So let's remain seated. We're going to minister to you in song in a moment's time, but I want for you to remain seated and let's bow our heads in prayer. And uh, if you have not prayed to receive the Lord, then pray along with me. For those of us that have been here for a a time and a part of this community, let's repent from saying no to God. Let's repent from laying on the couch like a slug. Let's repent from our apathy. Let's take the more sure word of God into our community and see the Holy Spirit do miraculous things throughout this city. Father, we humble ourselves before you. And like those people in Nineveh, we repent of our evil ways. We repent of our apathy. We repent of our hatred for our community. We repent of our unbelief. We don't believe that you can do this. We've forgotten that your word is powerful and quick. And we ask you to forgive us for our sin. We ask you to build our faith. We ask you to win thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people in this community back to you we pray for those people within the city of adelaide that are fleeing from you fleeing into immorality into drugs into sport whatever they can put their hand to they are fleeing to it to run away from you we pray that you would turn them around and that they would come to know you father for those that are here today that don't know you I want to lead them in prayer. And Father, we pray to you and say thank you for sending your son to die in our place, to pay the price that we couldn't pay. We thank you for your great forgiveness. We believe that Jesus died in our place. We believe that on the third day, he rose again. And there'll come a day, Lord, where you'll come back for us and we'll enjoy eternal life with you pray these things in the lovely name of the Lord Jesus. Amen.